listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. A podcast for today's insurance agents. Informing. Educating. Empowering. Improving the way you do business in an industry that's anything but static. In today's episode, we can't say for certain that remote sales are the way of the future, but we do have tips. Learn how to make the most of working and selling from home. Remote Sales Tips for Insurance Agents, written by Sarah Rupel. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, most of us didn't work from home too often, if at all. During the pandemic, many companies went fully remote. Some are still working on a mostly remote but hybrid model. These are just some of the stats from a 2020 State of Remote Work study from OWL Labs. Almost 70% of full-time workers in the U.S. were working from home during COVID-19. 77% of respondents agree that after COVID-19, being able to work from home would make them happier. Working remotely saves 40 minutes daily on commute. One in five people reported working more during COVID-19. 80% agree that there should be one day a week with no meetings at all. 44% did not find it necessary to get dressed up. So think clothing, hair, makeup for a video meeting. 81% of respondents think their employer will support remote work after COVID-19. Some interesting statistics there, and we'll be linking to that study in the notes for you to check it out for yourself. My point is, here we are, almost two years into the pandemic, and we're still largely working from home. Maybe we're going into the office one or two days a week, or we've got a date set in the near future when we'll be starting that hybrid model. But remote work doesn't seem to be going anywhere just yet. So how do we shift from the mindset of this is temporary to this might be the future of sales? I think the first thing is to acknowledge that work is going to look different for every industry moving forward, not just insurance sales. There's a little bit of grace allowed here, so let's be thankful that we're all going through this at the same time. That being said, though, there are some best practices starting to emerge as we approach the nearly two-year milestone of working and selling from home. We'll be working through five best practices in this episode with plenty of examples and bonus tips thrown in for context. I do have the list numbered in the order that I would approach each of these practices, but you might choose to approach it differently, and that's fine. It's mainly about what works for you. Number one, create a dedicated workspace. Having a private space where you can work uninterrupted or at least relatively uninterrupted for the day is your goal here. Make sure it's a place where you can set up shop and have access to everything you need. 
computer, monitor, mouse, keyboard, notebook, papers, pens, all of those important items that need to be within arm's reach. Don't forget to make sure that you're close to an outlet so you can charge your devices throughout the day, too. You can switch your workspace from one room to another if that helps you stay motivated throughout the day. The key to focus on is access to materials and ability to concentrate. For me personally, I prefer to have a set workstation. I've certainly personalized it, but it's not exactly what I would call permanent. When we first got the news that we were going into lockdown on Friday, March 13th, 2020, I did a few things to prepare, as I'm sure we all did. One of them was purchasing a folding card table to use as a makeshift desk, and I've been using it for almost two years now. My setup started out simple, just a stool to prop up my laptop, a keyboard, and a mouse that I already had. Fast forward two years, and I've got a whole pink and black aesthetic going on, and even my curtains match. All of that helps me to be able to focus during the day, regardless of the task. And to be honest, I don't really sit down at my workstation for anything other than using my computer. Like I said, it's not a permanent fixture. I could move the table if need be. I just haven't done that yet. And it doesn't need to be fancy, but it is a place that lets me focus. It has enough room for my supplies, and over time, I've come to associate it with getting work done. I've drawn a bit of a boundary between my work and home just by creating an exclusive space. Number two, get a schedule. Keep a routine. Create daily habits. Whatever you want to call it, establishing the same set of behaviors will help your productivity. Now, I would love to say keep the same routine as you used to have in the office, but the truth is a lot has changed. Your commute is gone, but now you're running your kids to the bus stop. Your morning coffee routine is quicker because the coffee pot is a few steps away rather than down the hall. Many of your responsibilities are likely the same as they were before. They're just being carried out in new ways. Take a look at what has changed, what stayed the same, and make a routine around it. Organization is important no matter where you do your job from. One thing I've found extremely helpful while working from home is to make tomorrow's to-do list at the end of my day. It's a great way to cap off a day's work, especially if it's been busy or mentally draining. And then you'll come back at it fresh the next morning with a list of what you need to accomplish. And if you're a visual person like me, I highly recommend color coding your calendar or your planner. I just did this not too long ago with my calendar, and it has been a game changer for me. Just break down calendar events into categories and assign each one a color. I would recommend capping it at about eight at the most, but I love being able to quickly glance at my calendar and get a good idea of what's going on. And on the client side, we do recommend keeping track of when your clients are available and how they like to be contacted. 
just be mindful that like yours, their schedule might be more fluid now than prior to the pandemic. Not a bad idea to make sure their preferences are still the same and keep track of those changes with the notes feature in the Ritter platform. Number three, set focus times to allow for bursts of work with minimal distractions. During these time periods, mute notifications and put your phone on silent. You can even put it across the room if need be. No judgment here. Another strategy I recommend is using the Pomodoro method or the tomato timer, as you might have heard it referred to. Work is broken into 25-minute bursts, separated by small breaks in between. Sometimes I'm ready to take a break when the 25 minutes is up. Other times, I am fully in the zone and I just keep on working. And if you're not the best at deciding which task should be performed when, I personally believe in slaying the dragon first thing. I do the most challenging thing on my plate first, the task that's going to take up the most energy. For me, that's because I'm a morning person and my energy is at its peak first thing. If you're the opposite, you might find yourself at your most efficient halfway through your second cup of coffee, and that's fine. The main thing is thinking through how you work best and coming up with a working strategy. Now, there are going to be times that you have to just power through and get things done. But hopefully, those moments will be few and far between. Number four, get tech and know how to use it. Working from home means utilizing remote meeting tools. Think Zoom, Google Hangouts, Join.me, Microsoft Teams, even Facebook Messenger. Getting to know the ins and outs of these tools will go a long way toward helping your clients do the same during remote presentations. And the more comfortable you feel using these tools, the more confident you'll come across in your meetings. Then there's MediCareful. It adds a level of professionalism to your presentation as well as helping provide visuals. When you share your screen, you can show your clients their options in a side-by-side comparison that you filter to fit their needs. When they make their decision, MediCareful allows you to remotely enroll them in their plan of choice, and neither of you have to leave your home. And that's just sales presentations. We didn't even get into how your MediCareful site helps to generate leads for your insurance business or the pre-filled applications feature. But I will note that MediCareful helps you stay compliant with CMS Medicare Advantage and Part D communication requirements. It's also completely free to use. There's no annual fee, which is a great deal, because honestly, who needs another subscription fee? Also free for Ritter agents, access to the Ritter platform. I just mentioned that the platform has a clients feature that allows agents to keep notes on their clients. There are more CRM capabilities, integrations with MediCareful, online contracting, and so much more. 
you can do business and keep it all organized in one place with Medicareful and the Ritter platform. And again, Ritter agents get both of those tools for free. Add in a remote meeting tool, and you've got quite the powerful sales stack. Number five, bring your personality to your video presentations. Don't forget to be human. Remote meetings take a lot of the movement out of your presentation process. That time of arriving at a location, talking while getting set up or situated. If those were usually the moments used for small talk and icebreakers, what do you do? Make room for those moments in your remote presentations too. Don't get so focused on presenting that you're not paying attention to your client and interacting with them. Remember, fact-finding through conversation is still how you're going to learn about your client's needs. But at the same time, think about their communication style. You likely know which clients love to tell and hear stories. And then you probably have some who are all business and don't like a lot of small talk. Or maybe they like stats and research that back up what you're saying. Remember to make those considerations ahead of time. And if it's a completely new prospect, you'll likely be able to tell what that communication style is pretty quickly. First things first here, though, turn the camera on. I know. I'm not the biggest fan of it either, but visual cues are important. Don't forget about the 7-38-55 rule. 7% of meaning in a communication comes across in your words. 38% of meaning comes from the tone of your voice. 55% of meaning comes from body language. Without visuals, There is a lot of meaning that can be misinterpreted during meetings. Start off the call by asking how they're doing. Fit in those same tidbits of conversation that you would during a face-to-face meeting. Ask questions just like you would in a regular meeting. Remember, open-ended questions will get them talking and keep the conversation moving. Make sure that you're acknowledging what they're saying as they talk, nodding along to show you're following the conversation. With limited visuals, you'll have to be a little more animated than normal. Pay attention to what your face is doing, and as someone whose face tends to contort as she concentrates, I know this can be difficult and may require effort and practice. I get it. Make eye contact with the camera as well, since that's the video equivalent of looking your client in the eye. Smile and keep that friendly demeanor that you have in person. It might seem weird to be emoting toward a camera rather than another person, but you do get used to it over time. Remote meetings are essentially the same as in-person meetings just that you're using a screen to share information rather than handouts. Depending on how you choose to present and the software you're using, you can actually have the camera on you 
and content up on the screen at the same time. Play around with the software and practice your video presentations to get comfortable with the concept of switching between screens and tabs. It's a little different than using a tablet or handouts during a sit-down meeting with a client, but at one point, that probably felt awkward too. Ask a family member to watch your presentation and give you feedback. They don't really need to know about insurance to help you practice smoothing out the bumps in your presentation. And just like you add personal touches to your regular sales presentations, add them here too. Connect with your clients by telling personal stories, add anecdotes, throw in a random song lyric or movie quote if that's your thing and something that you would do in person. Really listen to what they're saying. Keep asking questions and remember to take notes. You'll be able to use that information in follow-ups and in meetings in the future. And of course, if you have questions about remote sales, if there's a specific area that you're having trouble with, we love questions. And to be honest, if you're wondering about something, there are probably other agents who are wondering about the same thing. That's just the nature of questions. And we would love to answer those questions. You can reach out via our podcast hotline at 1-717-562-7211 or email us, the Agent Survival Guide team, at asgpodcast at ridderim.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We will see you next episode. 